following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We're continuing our series this month of You've Got the Power. Renee did an awesome job launching us last week. And just a reminder, we've been on the theme of love, truth, and power. And the three are very much connected. You can't walk in one without the other. You can't move in one without the expression and the motivation of the other, or the other two. We're going to uh, look at a couple of scriptures before we get our, to our text this morning. I would like you to turn just for a minute to the Gospel of Luke. In chapter 9, we're just going to look at the first verse. And then we're going to move on from there. Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. I want to talk this morning about the marriage between authority and power. There is a very <clears throat> distinct connection between the authority that God gives and the power that God gives. The word authority is exousia in the original language, and it is uh, just that, the authority, the d ability to execute based on authority that you've been given. The word power, and we probably, most of us know it, is dunamis, and it is basically the root word from where we get our word dynamite, um, and it is these two words that are used here. Now I want us to fast forward a couple of years, and Jesus is just leaving. He's been back, and as part of his 40-day uh, camp meetings after he's been resurrected and before he ascends again to the right hand of the Father. And I'd like you to turn with me to Matthew, very popular portion of Scripture, Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus gives the Great Commission. And in verse 18... It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, all exousia, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we've got Jesus saying, all authority has been given to me, so you go. But yet... We're going to read in just a minute in the book of Acts. He says, but don't go yet. All authority has been given to me. You go into all the world and preach the gospel. But wait. Hold on. You're missing something. You've got the authority if you go in my name. 
It's important that we understand the connection and the difference between authority and power in this day. And I, I'm, I'm not purposing to get political, but it's just a good example. But in this day, there is a push to, uh, well, to actually strip law enforcement officers of both their authority and their power, which is really scary. But I want the, part of the push is to keep them in a position of authority, but to take away their power. That's really what we're saying when we talk about uh, taking guns away from police officers and expecting them to keep the peace without the power. They've got the authority. It'd be a little bit like uh, giving uh, uh, police officers the authority to pull over speeders. But do it with a bicycle. <laughs> You've got the authority, but you don't have the power. There's a reason police cars are really fast. And it's not that they're the fastest, necessarily, but they're really fast, and they're made to be fast for a reason. And it is a marrying of the authority and the necessary power to carry out the mission. So you can have exousia, but no power. You can have authority, but no power. How many of you have ever been in a position of responsibility and, and you've, given, you've been given responsibility, but no authority or power? It's a killer. It's very hard. Those of you who are managers and bosses, always make sure that the people that you are, are, are under your charge have the accompanying power to go with the authority that you give them and that they have the accompanying authority and power to go with the responsibility you give them. It's really silly to give someone responsibility but no authority or power to carry out what you just saddled them with. I don't know who that was for, but, <laughs> but the reality is that, uh, and again, I'm, I'm just using police officers only because that's a good example. There's lots of examples of authority always has the accompanying or should always have the accompanying power. Now let's go to the book of Acts. So we know Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But then we find him in the book of Acts, chapter 1, and uh, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. I thought he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He did, but wait. This is his same 40-day um, conference. They just shifted it to Jerusalem. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when you, 
When they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So basically he had said to them, wait until you get the power. All authority has been given to me, therefore I give all authority to you, but wait for the power. And we know, of course, that the power was poured out. But I want to focus on what Jesus said about times and seasons. Many times we miss or forget that God is always functioning in times and seasons. Many times we long for a past season that is already gone or past times and we say, oh, if we could just duplicate that again and you can't and you shouldn't because it's a new time and it's a new season. Many times we look at the heroes of the faith of old and we say, oh, if we could just do that, you probably won't, at least not in that way. And I can guarantee you one thing you will not do, you will not do it in the time that they did, nor in the season, because that time and season is long past. You have heard me say many times before, and I'm going to say it again. No man can step into the same river twice, because when he comes back to step in, he has changed and the river has changed. And so it is with the things of God. So many times we want to recapture that which was, and we do not realize that the time and the season for that has moved on. There's a reason that we declare he's a way maker. Because he's always making a way, but he's always making a way for new things. Behold, he who sits on the throne says, I make all things new. And so he's always working and he's always making things new. And our tendency is to assume that it's always a certain season and it's always a certain time, and it's not. We've got the power. I'm going to say this carefully, but I am going to say it. We've got the power. We don't always have the authority. Oh, what did he say? I said, we've got the power, but we don't always have the authority. He is king of kings, and he is lord of lords, and we must be in step with him who does have the authority. What did Jesus say? He said, many will say in that day, in your name we did this. In your name we did that. In your name. We did many wonderful things. They're very legitimate scriptural things. And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. What do you mean, workers of iniquity? We healed the sick. We cast out demons. We did all this stuff in your name. And he says, no, you didn't. I didn't even know you. What is he talking about? He's talking about times and seasons. He's talking about doing stuff without the authority to do it. 
We have, uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble, but that's okay. You'll stick with me, won't you? (laughs) We, We sometimes have pet doctrines and pet things, and we just, that that is our thing, and that's all we want to do, and sometimes I suggest it'd be really good to check in with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and see if we're in step with Him so that whatever we're doing not only carries His power, but we're doing it in Him name. That doesn't mean abracadabra, Jesus is Lord. It doesn't mean the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Abracadabra. But what if he's doing something different? What if it's not the time or the season? It's not, to, it's, not for you, it's not given to you and I to know the times and seasons that the Father has put in His own exousia, His own authority. And sometimes I want to suggest that we frustrate ourselves and we frustrate one another because we want to lay hold of the power and we're not in step with the name in which we're exercising it. And so we're declaring things. I'm going to say this. We're declaring things he's not declaring We're pronouncing things that aren't heaven-breathed. At least not yet. Maybe never. There's times in God and there's seasons in God. I believe this. We are on the verge of a move of God. And you've heard me say that for a lot of years, and we've had little spatterings of it here and there. But I know this about that move. It's in his time and not ours. And it's in his way and not ours. I appreciated something Ken Baudry has said over the years. It's like God has his hand on the dial, and he's just slowly turning it up. But I think we need to understand he has his hand on the dial, not us. We had a class, a a Holy Spirit day yesterday with the Alpha class, and Colleen and I had the privilege of being part of it, and we were talking about this very thing, and and some of those there were saying, there's just this hunger, and there's this desire for something, and it's like, what can we do to bring it? Keep hungering and keep desiring. Keep thirsting. Keep praying. Keep asking. You do not leave Jerusalem till you are endued with power from on high. But recognize there was a waiting. Now thank God they didn't have to wait very long because Peter was there and he would not have waited very long. In fact, he didn't wait very long before he decided that they better find somebody else to take Judas's place. And I, and I want to be really careful. I don't know if he was in step with God or not. Many theologians believe that Paul was the apostle that took Judas' place. 
I do know this. It seemed odd to me that they would choose who would take his place by an Old Testament method that lacked the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, who was soon to come if they had just waited. And so instead, they cast lots. Renee, you can be thankful that you were not positioned into the place of lead pastor here recently because we threw some names in the hat and yours came up. <laughs> I'm just saying, come on now, this is what it was, really. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm careful, I'm not saying that Peter wasn't in step with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, but if it was, it's the first time he ever was. I mean, if you look at Scripture, I, I mean, it was him who Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> it was him who said, I'll never deny you. And Jesus said, well, actually, you will. Actually, three times before morning. And, and so I'm not, what is my point? My point is that we can do all kinds of things because we have the power But maybe we don't always have the authority. Jesus said this, and I believe it's very key for you and I, especially when it relates to walking in the power. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say what I hear the Father saying. And, I, and in that declaration. It is not past tense. In other words, he's not saying, I only do what I have seen my father do before. No, no, no. He's saying, I only do what I see my father doing right now in this situation, in this situation that's right before me. I, I, it doesn't matter what he did yesterday or the day before. What in this situation, what is he doing? I only do what I hear the Father saying. I, I, I don't, it doesn't matter what he told me to do yesterday. What, what is he saying right now for this situation before me? What is he saying concerning this woman that has been thrown at my feet, who committed adultery? Heaven help! You know why Jesus spent so much time in the mountain? To stay connected to his Father. Why? Because he, like you and I, needed that connection. He was all man. And we can get into all kinds of gymnastics with our mind of how could he be all man and all God. But I know this, he was man enough to die. He was man enough to bleed. He was man enough to need to sleep and to eat. And to drink. And he needed to be seeing what his father was doing. He needed to be hearing what his father was saying. And in the same way, the authority that he was pulling on was passed to him. And he said, now all authority has been given to me. There was a shift. If you didn't catch that. There was a shift in heaven. 
All authority was given to Jesus. The only thing, it says in Corinthians, the only thing that is not under the authority of Jesus is God, the Father himself. And when Jesus has brought all things onto himself, then he, as one who is submitted to God the Father, then God is all in all. Why is all authority been given to Jesus? Because he's the mediator. There's only one mediator between God and man, the writer of Hebrews writes, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. All authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Do you realize that there's a humanoid that's part of the Godhead? Oh, that just went. <laughs> There's the man, Christ Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that when we get to heaven, we will all be dressed in our white robes. But there will be one who will be dressed in white that's stained with blood. And it is his badge of honor. That's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's whose name we exercise and move in power in. And sometimes we frustrate ourselves because we do the power and we don't get the results that we would like. I believe that we should always be preaching the gospel. I believe that we should always be, make, be making disciples. I believe that we should always be making Jesus known. We should always be purposing to impact lives with that name that is above every other name. Where does the authority come from? I mean, by that I mean, how do I access that authority? We said it a minute ago. It says in that day, he'll say to some, depart from me. Yes, you did all these works in my name, but I never knew you. You exercised the power and you threw around my name, but we didn't have relationship. And it might even have produced some fruit, I don't know. But the reality is that there is this place of, see, this is what they said of the early disciples. They've been with Jesus. How did they know that they'd been with Jesus? Because they were using his name and getting results. When it comes to walking in the power of God, we must always purpose to walk in the times and seasons with the accompanying authority. It says in the scripture that the apostles did many signs of wonders with Jesus stretching out his hand to heal. 
I want to encourage us not to be discouraged if we don't always see the results from our steps. And we must always, listen to me, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We must always take steps of faith. We must always purpose to do the works of the ministry, whether it's praying for the sick, whether it's casting out demons, whether it's preaching the gospel, whether it's seeing people come to Christ. But we must not allow ourselves to be discouraged if we don't see all that we thought we should see. We must trust the way maker. And we must trust what he's doing. The last time I preached, I encouraged you not to uh, take for granted the, the life that is in the seed of the gospel. You know, you could plant a seed tomorrow or when it warms up enough. You could plant a seed, plant it in soil, and be very bummed out the next morning. Where is it? Where's the tomatoes? Where's the corn? Trust the waymaker. He's always working. Trust the seed that you've planted over the past year. Trust the process that you've gone through of having um, your faith stretched and tested. Trust those times when you've been disappointed and recognize that the way maker's making a way. There's the story of this man. And the Lord said to him, go push, the, push on that rock. It was a huge stone. So he pushed on the rock. Next morning, push on the rock. Push on the rock. Push on the rock. Day after day after day. One day the Lord said to him, you're done now. And he said, but Lord, I never moved it. The Lord said, I didn't tell you to move the rock. I just told you to push on it. And I think there's times and seasons where he's just wanting us to push. He's just wanting us to, to exercise our muscle and preparing us for the time and season that is yet to come. There's a great danger in judging ourselves among ourselves, particularly as it relates to both authority and power. There's a great danger in trying to be like someone else. Well, yes, but Pastor Bob, the scripture says that Paul said, emulate me even as I emulate Christ. Yes, he did. But he was talking much more about character than he was about calling. There's a danger for us to be so uh, engaged in what God's called us to do to feel that everybody else should do what we do and do it just like us. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, but one of you on the planet is enough. We heard a good quote yesterday in the video. 
Be yourself, everyone else is taken. There's an encouragement for us to be at peace with the way God is leading us and the way God is using us. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't grow. That doesn't mean that we don't improve. That doesn't mean that we don't put our place, ourselves in places of being stretched. But I will say this. Be sure that it's the Lord that puts you in that place to be stretched and not someone else. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever had someone else put you in a place uh, where you are stretched to the max? It's painful, and it's difficult. Why? Because there isn't the accompanying authority. There isn't the accompanying grace. See, the Apostle Paul said it this way, I am what I am by the grace of God. And we should all be able to say that. And if you is something that isn't by the grace of God, you may not be as much as you think you are. But if it is by the grace of God, then don't expect others to function like you if they don't have that grace. Really simple. I don't know if we, we realize it, but... All, whether you're talking about the motivational gifts in Romans chapter 12, or you're talking about the spiritual gifts in Romans or 1 Corinthians chapter 12, or whether you're talking about the fivefold ministry gifts that are in Ephesians, there's one thing that all those gifts have in common, and you'll find it the scripture, the word used surrounding those scriptures, grace. They're all grace gifts. And when it comes to walking in the power, walking in the life of God, we all release it in different ways. There are certain things that I have purposed not to do, and the reason is, and I, I'll only do them if I feel a direct order, if I could say it that way, from headquarters. Because I don't have the grace for that. And I, by that, I don't mean it's difficult for me. Uh, that's not what I mean. I mean, I don't have the unction to do it that goes beyond me. For instance, I probably will never get up here and sing a solo. If I do you will know God is moving. <laughs> now, I probably have tried at times, I mean little ditties or little songs, only to prove to you there's a reason that God made me a preacher and not a singer. Even though my childhood dream was to be a country western singer. <laughs> that is funny on several levels. What's my point? You are you. That's truer than true. There's no one on the planet that's youer than you. 
Walk in the power that God has given you. Walk in the authority that God has given you. But recognize that your charge and my charge is to stay very close to the advocate who sits at the right hand of the Father. And he's ever making intercession for us. And he gives us the authority to do certain things and to move in certain ways. And to be in step with him so that we can see, so that we can say, I only do what I see my Jesus doing. I only say what I hear my Jesus saying. You've got the power. And I believe that in this day, God is wanting us to grow in our ability and our boldness to step into that. But I don't want us to make the mistake of going beyond what we see Jesus doing in a given situation in a given moment. I would be so bold as to say, I think there are times when we pray for things that God has no intentions of doing. And I say that carefully. I've been processing this for a long time. And the reason he has no intention of doing what we would like him to do is because he's doing a greater thing. And he is making a way. I just want that to settle in. One of the hardest places to live is in the place of disappointment that comes from being out of step with God and not realizing it. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you for your challenging word to us this morning. And we ask you to help us as individual members to uh, process it rightly. We ask you to help us to recognize your lordship in every aspect of our life, both what you're doing in our life and what you're doing through our lives. We ask you to help us to continue to grow in our ability to hear your voice and to be in step with the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords so that we can use your name in any given situation. Help us to connect with you in very real and tangible ways and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you.